Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they're hurled from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Cast Party. We are so, so excited to get started. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. And I am joined today by my lovely cast and crew. We have Ryan McManus. Hi there, my name is Ryan McManus. I will be playing Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo-at-heart musician struggling to find his way in L.A. Who's also joined by Anna Brisbane. Hi, I'm Anna Brisbane, and I'll be playing Blueberry Sky, the animal-loving actress trying to save the environment through art. And we have Nigel Deacon. Hey, I'm Nigel Deacon, and I play Xander Gucci Supreme, the camera guy to the stars and an alien researcher with an affinity for fashion and looking fly at all times. And lastly, we have Vince Perino. Hey, I'm Vince Perino, and I'm going to be playing the big burly heartthrob Jet the Boulder Chambers, whose love resides with his mom and puppy princess Pebbles. So before we get started, we are going to be doing custom shoutouts from the cast and crew, so If you drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with the name of your favorite character or NPC from this episode, you're going to be getting a personal custom shout-out from them at the end of the next episode. So now that that's out of the way, let me give you guys a brief description on what we'll be doing here. We are going to be playing some Dungeons & Dragons. For those of you who don't know what D&D is, don't turn away just yet. Dungeons & Dragons is an extremely fun and hilarious game that anyone can pick up and listen to. It is a collaborative, improvised storytelling game where Colin as the Dungeon Master, or Director, as we're going to be calling it for this podcast, has set up this imaginary world for the cast and crew, or the party, to play through. Each character has their own personalities, backgrounds, strengths, and weaknesses that will be expressed throughout the story, and this game is filled with roleplay, improv, combat, and storytelling that is all influenced by dice rolls. The higher the number, the better the outcome. We do have new players in this campaign, so feel free to listen and learn along with us. And with that, I'll toss it over to Colin to give you some background on our story, and we can start on this adventure. 
You are all living in and around the Hollywood area of California. You have all been working for a film studio and have recently been filming the brand new movie titled Through the Realms of Myria. It's a high fantasy medieval style film and it includes mythical creatures and magic and different worlds and politics and these huge epic battles. Think something similar to Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones. You have all just returned from the northern hills of Ireland where you have just finished filming one of these epic battle scenes. You had a few days rest and today you're all going into the studio for one of the most important scenes of the movie to be refilmed. The director decided he wanted a few changes to the ending of the large battle scene and that you will all film it on the blue screen and finally after today's filming concludes, there's going to be a huge cast party to celebrate the end of filming. So with that, let's get to introducing our characters. Sebastian, you are normally incredibly early to the set as you are in charge of the setup of all the microphones and audio equipment, and you have to make sure all the audio is captured perfectly. And so you awaken in your small apartment around 5 a.m., and then you're getting ready to head to the studio. Sebastian, go ahead and describe yourself a little bit. Is there anything you like to do on the way into the studio or have anything special in your morning routine? So Sebastian is in his early 20s. He stands at around 5'7", very slim build, weighs around 140-ish, kind of similar to like a Tom Holland kind of build. He has deep, rich brown eyes that match the color of his medium-length shaggy hair, which he usually gives kind of like a little floof in the morning, but just falls back down in his face. Sebastian is always clean-shaven. He says it's to accentuate his decently strong jawline, but really, he just tried growing a beard once, and after two months, only had some stubble above his lip, so he put that dream to rest. Sebastian usually wakes up in his tiny studio apartment very early. He lives outside of L.A. He just recently moved to L.A., kind of on a whim when he got offered this position. So a lot of his stuff is still kind of packed away in boxes. His clothes are in suitcases and his mattress is on the floor. He doesn't really have a lot of furniture and stuff. Aside from one thing, which is his beloved poster of Halsey, which he blows a kiss to every morning before he leaves for work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he moved to LA from a small town in Ohio. Yeah, he applied for the sound guy position very last second, thinking that Maybe if he could impress some big Hollywood hotshots with his sound design, he might benefit him in chasing his dreams of starting the next big pop punk band. So he usually shuts off his alarm, which is the intro piano to Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Oh my uh, god. <laughs> he slips on his favorite pair of black skinny jeans, his black high top converse, grabs his leather jacket and Daisy, which is his acoustic guitar that he takes with him everywhere he goes, blows Halsey a kiss, and is excitedly on his way to start filming the very last scene of his first movie. Okay, um, Sebastian, how do you get to the studio? Do you have a car, or do you take public transportation? I do have a car. It's kind of like, not the most upscale car. My parents are very wealthy, but they kind of wanted me to just do my own thing. I would say Sebastian usually drives around like, I would say like a 2015 Toyota Camry. Nothing too crazy, but his parents wanted him to be safe and like have a reliable car, but they didn't want to go all out spending like, you know, mad money on getting him a car. 
Yeah, so like literally the most average car you can think of oh, is Sebastian's car. Hey, I drive a Camry. Exactly. Yeah, hey. but your Camry's dope. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sebastian, do you go straight to the studio or do you, do you make any stops on your way there? I always have to stop for coffee. Other than that, I'm on my way. Okay, cool. So you take your stop to get coffee. You arrive at the studio super early. You have to buzz your car into the lot. So you have to like take your VIP pass out, scan it the gates open and you pull into the closest spot to the entrance that isn't reserved for like the head honchos and big name actors who all have their own labeled spots and you head straight to security to check in there's a security guard here you know him very well his name is grant but he really tells everyone to call him big g (laughs) he's a little older than middle-aged white dude he's completely bald other than some unkempt gray stubble on his chin He's got to be 300 pounds or so. And he looks like he has chain smoked for decades. And it's probably (laughs) true by his voice and how he's constantly on these smoke breaks. And he is behind the counter already. And as you walk up, he goes, Sebastian's, how are you? Hey, Big G, how you doing? Uh, You know, it's a bright and early morning and I'm, you know, um... Is that, is that for me? Oh, you know I always got you, Big G. I got your coffee right here. Uh, black coffee, extra cream, extra sugar. Just, that's not black coffee, but you know, just how you like it. <laughs> oh, Sebastian's, you always got the best jokes. You, you know you shouldn't have. And oh. you know, he says this every day, like, oh, you shouldn't have, but he's expecting it. Good luck today. I heard it's the last day of filming. Yeah, I'm really going to miss it here, but I was going to say I'll see you tomorrow with your coffee, but I think this is the last time I'm going to bring you your coffee, Big G. Uh, you know what? I'll have to find someone else then, huh? (laughs) (laughs) You never know. You might be coming back here for the next movie. You did a good job, right? True, true. How are you back? You know, if you need anyone to vouch for you for your awesome conversation just so you have a new coffee, homie, you know, I always got you, Big G, but I got hit in, so... I'll see you later, all right? You, you, you stay hanging. Uh, I'm glad to have you as a reference. <laughs> Good day, Sebastian. Bye. Sebastian, you swipe your VIB badge that gets you into the film set, and you begin your early task of setting up for the day. You know, you have no major hiccups as you're going through, except one microphone was not plugged in properly the night before and has run out of battery. You got, you're early enough, you set it to charge, and it's going to be fine by the time you're filming. And, you know, you take a few hours to set up all your stuff, and you have some downtime before you're needed on set. What do you do? So, given that it's the last day of filming, I really want to go find the director and see if I can pitch him my pop punk band. So, the director is nearby. His name is Cliff Williams. He's one of those people, you've heard it a hundred times, he requires everyone to call him Director or Cliff Williams. He's a little under six foot, he's over 60 years old, he's got like a fan build, he's got like this dark black hair, and he's got that hints of gray speckle, and he's got like that balding on top, you know, he's got the donut of hair, <laughs> and he's got like this dark black goatee, and you swear, he has a barber. Just trim it up every single morning. It's always extremely clean, yet super thin. 
and he's got like those small, thin, circular glasses that sit at the end of his nose. And he never seems to like push him up all the way. It always looks like he's gonna always looks like he's gonna fall down. Like the, the glasses are just gonna fall right off. But he's over there, and you can see he's talking with someone right now, and he's kind of like shouting commands to different people. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Director? Sebastian. Sebastian. Sebastian, yes, how are you? <gasps> Wait, no, please, please, tell me oh. there's nothing wrong. Oh, no, you're, you're all set, Mr. Director. There was one mic that kind of was being all finicky, but I got it all taken care of. Everything's good to go. Okay, okay. You have nothing to worry about. All right, great. Sebastian. Sebastian. What can I do for you? I am a little busy at the moment, a little stressed oh, yeah, out. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to catch you at a bad time, but like, I was thinking, you know... Why is there a cheese uh, plate here? There's salami on this cheese plate. Do you even know who we have on set? Get this meat out of here now. Uh, uh, sorry, what was, what was that? Sebastian, yeah. kid, I need, I, I'm a little busy. What? Uh, well, you know, since I was thinking it's... It's our last day of filming and stuff, and I just wanted to, to, to thank you for the opportunity. Yes, of course. I will write you a letter of recommendation to whoever you need. Oh. You did a great job, kid. Yeah, yeah. Oh, th- thank you. I'm, I'm really glad you're happy with my work, but I was actually, I was kind of hoping I could, like, you know, maybe ask you for a favor if you have time. Jacob, why are you not in makeup yet? You do not make a start late today, Jacob. Uh, it's always Jacob. What, what, what do you need, Sebastian? Oh, um, you know... I was I was actually hoping you could listen to my band. We're called Get Stoked. Uh, like you know, I was thinking maybe you have some fancy, you know, big Hollywood music friends. And <sighs> no, here, here. Actually, I brought my guitar with me today. Like, can can I play? Uh, let me play you something real quick, okay? Sebastian, roll me persuasion. Oh God, <laughs> that's gonna be a seventeen for the first roll. Okay, that first of all, good start. I'll take it. <laughs> you see, as you're grabbing for the guitar. He holds out and he grabs the guitar. So, like, you've already brought it around to the front. He grabs the neck of the guitar. You know, no, no, no. We don't have time for this now. But you really did step up. You bring me a copy of your stuff tonight and we can chat at the after party. How's that sound? Um, I, I mean, I do have some, some CDs in my car, so I, I guess I can bring them around. Would you mind if I, like, gave them out to everybody at the party? No, par- no, okay, no. Okay. Bring it to me first, then we can talk about it. All right, kid? You can see he's immediately his eyes light up as he sees someone enter the building. He doesn't even say anything to you. He just starts moving that direction. And we're going to move on to another character who is always here quite early, even if she does not enjoy it at all. Blueberry. Blueberry, you're one of the first (laughs) actors on stage each morning because you have to go through a pretty rigorous hair and makeup session before filming. Yeah. Not only makeup and hair... But you also play an elven nature sorceress in the film, meaning you need to undergo these prosthetics for your ears and like this whole thing. So you're currently in your chair with your makeup artist, Daniela. She's putting on your prosthetics. And Tina, your assistant, sits silently awaiting any requests you may have. So, Blueberry, go ahead and describe yourself and what exactly you're getting done. How's the hair being styled? What are you wearing? Yeah. Well, naturally, I have pretty long, dirty blonde, wavy hair, but now for the film, I'm being set up with this really fancy pastel, teal, elven sort of wig with one braid on each side going towards the back, you know? Very classic. So they're definitely working on gluing that down, and then eventually very long prosthetic elven ears, 
and just some pretty magical looking greenish blue eye makeup. And I told them to go like really heavy on the highlighter. So Daniela, she's one of these ladies. She is really tall. She's got her hair way up in a bun just to get it out of her face. And she always has her tongue out when she's concentrating. And she's like furls one eyebrow. She's looking at you. And so she starts saying like, darling, you're looking great as always. (laughs) Always so gorgeous. You know that? And she's like putting Mm -hmm. another few bobby pins in your hair to try to make sure it's not moving too much. Thanks, doll. You're always looking great and you're not even on camera. I know I should be. I chose the makeup life. (laughs) But, all right, so I'm sorry, but we got to do some of the extra dirt and a little bit of blood along your neck. Uh, And we're going to try to just make it last. Like, you got to match it to the last scene. So that might might take a little while. You know, I thought we did a really good job in Ireland. I don't know why we have to redo it. I know, I know. Did, Did you like it there in Ireland? Gosh, it was so cold over there. Plane ride was lovely, though. It was really cold, but with with all the layers to the costume and everything, it was actually pretty nice, because usually it's so hot on set in LA. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Do you see what I'm wearing? And she's just wearing, like, t-shirt, sweatpants, like, nothing. <laughs> and after a few more minutes, she's doing your makeup to try to, like, match the blood. She steps back, and she's kind of, like, looking at you, admiring her work. Man, when they said they'd give me a nature priestess, I had no idea what they wanted. (laughs) But I really did outdo myself, didn't I? It takes a damn long time every morning. And I apologize, sweetie, but you are absolutely stunning. Oh, thank you. Well, I love this look. I'm totally in love with it. If I could look like this every morning when I wake up, that'd be the dream. But, you know, going through all of these hours of hair and makeup, woof, takes a toll, you know. Oh, Tina, babe. Tina immediately moves closer to you, has her clipboard out. Yes, yes, what do you need? Yeah, just another vegan pumpkin cream cold brew, please. Yeah, yeah, Starbucks. I mean, if they could go to the local place a little further down, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, Allie's Bakery. Yeah, you. Oh, they have those uh, lemon poppy seed muffins you like so much. I'll, I'll yes. grab one of those, too. Oh, my God, that'd be fab. And you see she just bolts. Uh, she grabs her coat as she's leaving and just runs. Thanks, babe. Daniela looks over at you again and just says... Wow, hun, you're doing great. I guess it's time to get you in costume, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's time. Yeah, so she takes you over to the changing area, and you start grabbing your costume and your braided quarter staff to get all set up. And as Blueberry finishes up doing that, we're going to move over to a very different location. We start out in the inside of a car. Jet, you are in your car on your way to the studio for today's filming. You always choose to drive yourself instead of having a driver like some of the other A-list actors. Why don't you go ahead, describe yourself. What's the inside of your car look like and what you really do on your way into work? Jet stands around six foot four inches, weighs in at a whopping 240 pounds. Typically only seen clean shaven. You know, he's got a bald and or shortly buzzed head most of the time. His new role in this movie, though, uh, he has slightly grown his hair out, so it's about like an inch or two long. Slightly curls on its own, actually. Something that he didn't know about because he's always had a shaved head. He has somewhat of a short beard, a little bit longer than usual, too, just for the role. Um, so he's got an extra scruffy-looking face for this role. We can see Jet currently wearing a tan khaki pants with a white button-up shirt that has the first two buttons undone, which... 
in turn exposes a silver necklace with a small pendant uh, in which he is currently clutching in his hand. Inside of the car, it's usually pretty pretty well kept. Uh, not saying this because it's my dream car or anything, but Jet just loves Teslas, so of course he's going to be driving a, a Model <laughs> X. Gorgeous. What, what color? I actually need to oh, know this. White all the way. You know, everybody, everybody's just going to give me crap for white because it gets dirty too fast and everything. White is sleek, man. True. Yeah. I love white. Do you have the white interior as well? Oh, absolutely. It's got the white interior <laughs> with like the black accent and everything. Oh my God. Don't mm. get me started. Dude. Gorgeous. That's, <laughs> that's my dream car, man. Mm, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, Tesla sponsorship, maybe? Mm. <laughs> Yo, someone get Elon on the, on the line. <laughs> Can you imagine Elon playing D&D? Okay. Well, let's not get into that. <laughs> Future lot. guest appearance. If he gives me a Model X, he can be in this yeah. forever. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> yeah, so what do you what do you do on your way to work? What do you listen to? Uh, whatever. Um, as you're driving your Tesla. Uh, typically, Jet's going to let the Tesla kind of drive him to work. He's going to call his uh, mom on his way to work. And while he's calling his mom, he'll be either, you know, waiting, he'll be listening to music, or he will be petting his uh, puppy. We'll get to that call with your mama, but you have your puppy with you. Uh, the puppy's name is? Princess Pebbles. Princess Pebbles. Gorgeous. What kind of dog is it? And where does she sit in the car? Oh, Pebbles has her own little princess pouch in the passenger seat. It's nice and pink. <laughs> it looks like a castle almost. That's awesome. And it, it's one of those like that you can tie them in so she's kind of like buckled in herself because because safety. Yeah. And she is a two-year-old little Pomeranian. Oh, this is so adorable. Alright, so you, you call your mom. Is it every morning? Every morning as I go into work. <laughs> hey, hon. How are you? Hey, mom. How you feeling today? Uh, I'm great. I'm great. I can't believe the man that lives next door. A- 85 and still cleaning his own gutters. You know that? I was I was watching from the window the whole time he was up there. Did you go outside today, mom? No, uh no. No, I was just I was yeah, I got got just to the front window. But the whole time he was up there, I had my hand ready to dial 911. I I was sure he was going to fall. I'm sure he's going to be okay, mom. I can't believe that man still drives himself everywhere. Mom, I just I just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. Did you did you eat something today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I had a few of them triscuits I like. How about your medications? Be sure to take those today too. Yeah, the the Monday, the M. All right. Promise you're feeling better today. I know we had a little rough patch yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm great. And darling, don't worry about me. It's it's your final day. Good luck today, darling. And I I hope you enjoy the party tonight. I'll I'll be okay alone until until you come back. Do you think you'd be able to make it to the party tonight? I know we talked about it. Why don't you call me after filming's done and we'll see. I'll, I'll try to take a nap before. All right, Mom. I'm going to call the nurse and make sure that they stop by later today, okay? Can you tell her to bring more of those Triscuits I like? I'll be sure to have her get extra. Thanks, hon. Good luck today. Thank you, Mom. Get some rest today. Eat some food. Have some fun. All right, hon. Thank you. All right, Mom. Bye, Mom. I love you. Love you too, hon. All right, Jet, as you finish up that call, you are scanning your way in. Tesla doesn't drive itself all the way to your spot, unfortunately, yet. So you do have to park it yourself. But you do have a spot right in front labeled Jet Chambers. And they even added a smaller sign underneath it that says Princess Pebbles. (laughs) And you head to the security booth and you see your friend Big G 
and he starts going, oh, look who it is. Oh, Big G. Let me see that, Pebbles. Here you go, Pebbles. Pebbles. Uh, and you see he's got a little treat that he feeds Pebbles. Mr. Jet. Mr. Mr. Jet Plane. How are you? Oh, it's just another beautiful day. How are you doing today, brother? I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, you know, it's going to be sad to see you go after today. But, you know, enjoy, enjoy the day. Oh, enjoy it. Big G, I'm going to miss you, man. And he, he kind of like waves you through you. Or you slide your card. You can see he picks up his book again and starts reading. And as soon as you get in to the studio, you can see the director begins calling you over. As that happens, you can see your assistant immediately comes up and says, Pebbles, Pebbles, how are you? And she's like trying to grab Pebbles from you. She's the one who takes care of Pebbles during your filming days. I'm going to uh, pick up Pebbles with one hand and just bring her up close to my face and give her a little kiss. Oh, yeah. She does the little licks all over your face. All right, sweetie. Daddy's got to work. You can see the assistant smiles at you, grabs Pebbles, 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 and starts walking away to her little area that is soundproofed for Pebbles to not ruin the audio of the movie. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You, You continue over to the director and you hear... There he is, there he is, the star of the movie, Jet, Jet, Jet. And you can see he then again gestures over to another actor who you are very familiar with. This is Kingsley. You know him. He plays the wizard of the movie. He has been a friend of yours for a long time. You've been in movie after movie together. Kingsley is 55 years old. He's pretty tall. He's like 6'3". He's got some muscle to him, even though he's kind of in his older age, but he's more lean and toned and not quite as strong as he once was. He's got this medium length graying blonde hair. It's parted in the middle. It's slicked back behind his ears. And he's got this like very short yet full beard with like lots of grays in it. He's like blurring the line right now between like he used to be really rugged and now he's getting to like that softer phase. And he is currently wearing black sweatpants and a green torn up t-shirt that says Lake Arthur Pigeons T-Ball Champions 1984 to 85 and you know that this is pretty typical attire for Mr. Kingsley here. He gives you a nod and a hand on your shoulder as he walks up. Look at you too. We are making history here today. I just wanted to run some quick changes by you. Kingsley We got you a new staff. The one you were using in Ireland was damaged on the return flight. This one has a little bit of a change to it. It's more hefty. Should look a little more real as you're swinging it and cause you to swing it a little bit slower, drawing out the big finale. We've also changed the words of the spell to make it a little longer. Here is that. And he hands a paper to Kingsley. And then he looks towards you, Jet. He says, now, Jet, my boy. How are you feeling going into this? Are you as excited as you were in those glorious hills of Ireland? As excited as I'll ever be. You know, you were absolutely stunning in the filming out there. One little change I want to make. Of course. No, no, no. This is, this is to make you look even better. When you're up there, we're going to have you be in the background as the camera circles into Kingsley. I need you to be the manly man you are and keep a straight face and not be scared. Act dramatic and keep swinging that hammer to your heart's content. You gotta show the people that you are the one who put this plan together and saved the whole world. Now, get to makeup, both of you. Gotta get on set soon. We need to start. 
Kingsley looks at you and just says, oh, Well done, Jet. This has been a great one. I've really enjoyed working on this project with you and the big manly man that will save the world. Kingsley, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> You're doing just great, my friend. It's been a pleasure. Can't wait for our next project. As always, Kingsley. See you at the party tonight. I won't be drinking if you need a DD. Luckily, I've got my Tesla. Oh, you and your fancy car. And he gives you a nod and he heads over to his little spot where he's getting all fancified. And you can see they got his beard prepped and his like wizard hat and his new big staff. And they take you over to get you all bloodied up and gross. As they're pulling us away from each other, I'm going to yell. Hey, Kingsley. Yes? Try to wear a different shirt tonight. <laughs> uh, I'll see if I have one. And, <laughs> and with that, let's finally let's move on to the one on the other side of the camera. We have Xander. Xander, you're a late riser because you don't have much in terms of prep for today's shoot. You just made your way through security and you arrive on set with the hustle and bustle of everyone around you preparing their individual jobs. Xander, go ahead, describe yourself and tell me what you're doing with this little bit of downtime you have. Xander, he is uh, five foot eleven, and make sure everyone knows that because that's a very important distinction for him. He's walked in kind of late wearing his prized possession, his Gucci shirt. It's absolutely hideous, and it's a size too big, but he found it at a thrift store, and it's it's tight. He's wearing his favorite pair of Yeezys, a bathing ape black snapback backwards. Kind of has a face that looks like Fred Durst from about 2004. Has a slight dad bod from his years of partying in college, and he's in his late 20s, probably 27. The night before, he had been out in the desert with some dude that had claimed he had an alien sighting and had been abducted. Turned out to be a total bust. The dude was just kind of crazy, but they drank a bunch and they had a good time. And um, now he's back, slightly hungover. Classic Xander. <laughs> what are you doing in your hungover state getting ready? So I head over to the table with the food and look for like a pastry, see who's around. Yeah, over by the table, you can see that there is a man there. You know him as Jed. He is the director's assistant. He's kind of standing by the food. You can see he's munching on something. He's got a clipboard and a pen in his hand. You're here a little late. There's a little bit of slim pickings less for, for the pastries. But as you're kind of over there looking, Jed looks up at you and goes, Xander, been waiting for you. And you can see he checks a name off and says, gotcha. And you can see he's just kind of eyeballing around and looking for people as he's like checking names off. Oh, yo, what, what up, Jed? How you doing today? Uh, uh, good, Xander. Yeah, great. You can see he's, he's, he seems focused on something. Like he's, he's looking all the way around, but he keeps eyeballing the door. You, uh, you late for something, bro? No, no, of course. Not. I'm, I'm here. I'm working for the day. And as he says that, you can see his eyes light up. And he checks a name off his list as he stares at this beautiful young woman. You know her as Tiff. She's, you know, very pretty, but like with almost like an average typeface. She's like that kind of pretty where it's not like the stereotypical pretty, but she like looks very well kept. She wears like these large wide rimmed black glasses and she's always walking like very fast with a purpose. And he just like checks that off. And he seems to, like, kind of track her as she walks from one area to the other. Oh, I see, I see. I see what you're doing. 
You checking out Tiff over there, Jed? Just, just doing my job. Just checking off names. <laughs> yeah, you, it's more than just checking off a name. I see you. No, just, just checking. Oh, hey, hey, this is this is the last day, bro. You gonna you gonna shoot your shot? What do you mean? I see you eyeballing her. I see you checking her off. Whatever. Why, <laughs> why don't you go ask her out? What's going on? What? what I, I'm. You can see he's very flustered. He's 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 like grasping for words. Uh, Xander, I'm just checking off names. Promise. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, and you can see as he says that, you can see he like catches her eye again. He kind of like stares for just a second. All right, bro. Well, here, check it out. Come with me. Come with me. And I put my arm around him. Start walking towards Tiff. Oh, oh no! I have to be watching. No, no, you're gonna be watching me. You're gonna be watching me. We're gonna we're gonna talk. I got you. I'm a wingman you for this. Tiff, she's right up your alley. I know that you'd be right up hers, if you know what I mean. You're trying to be, haha. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jed, my dude, let me you tell me about that uh, that project you're working on. Like you, you've been working on that side thing, right? Tell me all about it. Xander, Xander, I don't, I, I don't think this is. The- hey, yo, Tiff, Tiff, come here, come here. Yo, Jed, he's got this whole oh, side god. thing. He's oh, like, no. he's writing oh, a book. No. He, like, I don't. He's, he does photos. I'm not writing a book, Xander. Xander, I'm not writing a book. You can see she is moving some of the set around. She's a set designer, and you can see that she's like just kind of trying to get the right angle on things. And she looks over and says, Hey, Xander, I think this is going to be the best angle for this. I think it'll be the best way to keep everything consistent. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that'll, that's fine. That's fine. I'll check it. I'll check out all the camera shit uh, in just a minute. You're doing a great job, Tiff. You're, you're a wonderful lady. And you know who else thinks you were wonderful? Check out my boy Jed here. He is just a class act. He's oh out God. here checking oh everybody's God. names. Oh He's telling me all about these dope things. And you really like koalas, right? That's like his favorite animal. He's got a tattoo or something of them. Like, let me tell, let me tell him about that. Um, no, I, uh, yeah, I, um, I don't have any tattoos actually. Um, but koalas are great. And you can see Tiff goes, yeah, koalas are like my favorite. I went to Australia over the last spring semester. I was in college and I got to help on a koala reservation. And you can see that Jed is just like, yeah, wow, that's uh, that's really great, Tiff. Do you want to tell me about that? You kind of start slowly feeling like a third wheel, Xander. You can see that they're starting to talk a little bit and hit it off almost. Jed is like focusing a little bit. You can see he's been holding the clipboard way up by his chest the whole time. You can see he actually kind of like relaxes and puts it down by his side as he's talking with Tiff. You can hear like random words like eucalyptus and koala and I don't know anything else that has to do with koala. Chlamydia? <laughs> don't forget the main one, chlamydia. <laughs> is that a thing? Oh, koalas are rampant with chlamydia. Yeah, Tiff is talking straight face to Jed about rampant chlamydia problem <laughs> of koala and her favorite koala who contracted chlamydia, little stuffers. And oh my god. And you can see Jed is like, yeah, that's you can see he's like almost a little uncomfortable. He's doing that thing where it's like almost like an interview rather than like a conversation. Like he's only asking questions. She seems to be enjoying herself and has this big smile on her face. As you kind of watch your good deed for the day, you hear a bell ring. The director rings a bell on stage to let everyone know there is a meeting and that filming will start soon. You all are finished and you all start to gather around in this main room. You see a large set that has been built seemingly overnight. It is to recreate as much of the real life set as possible that you were filming on just a week ago, but is surrounded by this mostly enclosed cylinder of blue screen. There are these beautiful rocks and fake grass, thanks to Tiff, of course, that have been placed here in almost nearly the same orientation, so much that it gives you a weird sense of deja vu. 
And the director pulls everybody in close. This is a pretty big area with a lot of people. And he begins. This is it, folks. Last scene, the most important scene of the entire film. You know what that means, right? We are going to run it as many times as it takes to get it right. This is the climax. This is what brings the audience over the edge and makes them wanting more. If you all want this movie to have a sequel, you better give the best performance of your goddamn life. And he gestures to the actors that are going to be on screen. He says, you all, there's a horde of undead monsters right there in that blue screen. They have killed your friends. They have killed your family. And they are here to kill you. I know you can't see them, but you need to believe they are there. Your lives are in danger. The ones you love are in danger. I need fear in your eyes. Except you, Jet. You, you know. I need you all thinking that you're going to die today. That all you need to do is let Kingsley here get his spell off to end the magic controlling the undead army. Alright? Alright, you're gonna do great. Let's go. Places, everyone! Kingsley and the other actors head to their places. Kingsley has this large, ornate staff that you can see he's practicing waving over his head in a slow, controlled motion. He looks like he's getting used to the new weight of the staff. Jet, you're on the front lines. You have your large war hammer and shield out. You're decked in this chainmail, fake blood running down your face. Blueberry, you're up next to Kingsley. You got your staff out of braided wood and these fake pixies flying around you. Sebastian, you're close by, you're monitoring levels, you're queuing up sound effects for the cast to react to. And Xander, you begin rolling with your camera mounted to your stabilization rig. And as the camera rolls, you hear a distant action. Jet clangs his hammer against his shield and smashes down on a nearby extra dressed as a skeleton. Blueberry grips her staff, and she's pretending to project a magic force field to keep hundreds of arrows away from your dwindling numbers. Sebastian, you hold the boom just over Kingsley and out of view of camera. Kingsley begins swirling his staff above his head and chants. True, Orangel, Rescold by a rot. Heath, no treath. Silos, home, thy or not. Xander moves closer, framing Kingsley with Jet in the background, still swinging his hammer as the skeletons swarm him. Kingsley slowly finishes the last words of the spell. The sound you hear next, however, is not the one that Sebastian had cued. Uh, Guys, that wasn't me. I'm sorry. This rushing of air begins as if someone had turned on an industrial fan on the set. Woo! And nearby all of you, these multiple purple and blue swirling masses of energy form. They're completely unnatural. It looks like CGI has come to life right in front of you. They are radiating this natural warmth of the outside world comes rushing out of these spheres of energy and the masses grow quickly around each of you and your vision fades from the outside in. It's mostly black 
but you start to see these small purple streaks clouding any vision of the world around you. Your bodies feel an unnatural wind, but they remain stationary. And you can only see these purple streaks in your vision. A loud, loud gust of air clouds the screams of awe and fear around you until it's all you can hear. After a moment, you slowly regain the ability to hear as the wind around you begins to diminish. Your eyes begin to see again as the purple streaks move from blocking your vision. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello, I'm Wheels, the Dungeon Master for Storybreakers. Love Critical Role and movies like Hot Fuzz and Spotlight? Actual play series Storybreakers combines the fantasy adventure of Dungeons & Dragons with small-town comedy and mystery in an episodic tale of journalists on the hunt for the secret underbelly of a tiny town where nothing seems to happen. But excuse me if I don't think a bunch of ragtag journalists from a podunk town are actually going to be of any help. But technically, I don't come from here. When the mysterious arrival of a celebrity from the Heroes and Adventurers Guild sets off a strange conspiracy, the group will have to leave what they think they know about the world at the door, if they're ever to unravel the truth at the heart of this seemingly nondescript town. It's not front page of the Sasai Star News. I pull up the, the today's, like, installment of the news to see what the front page actually is. There's a big picture of a pumpkin that's been stepped on, and it says, Outrage as pumpkin stepped on. <laughs> Storybreaker Season 1 in its entirety is available for listening right now wherever you get your podcasts. With Season 2 on the way. Find out more at Dicebreaker.com. You feel the warmth of the sun on a beautiful spring day. You smell the trees and flora that you can start to see around you. You're standing on a dirt path surrounded by beautiful dark oak trees. The sun beaming through the canopy of leaves above. Birds are chirping their morning songs, and around you are some of your fellow cast members, along with a lot of objects from the set that seem to clang to the ground. And things feel different. Wrong, but also somehow right. Jet, you feel completely in tune with yourself, as if you could conquer anything and protect everyone. Xander, you feel as if you're viewing the world for the first time again through a different perspective. Sebastian, you're listening to the most beautiful song you've ever heard that the nearby birds are singing. You feel completely in tune with every single note that is sung. Blueberry, you feel bigger. Not in your physical form, but as if your whole body surrounds you. You're able to feel the trees and grass and flora and fauna all around you. You can feel empathy and sympathy for the mass of nature that you now feel physically connected to. Suddenly, the aura of happiness and calm that has surrounded you ends. Xander, your camera falls off its rigging and cracks to the ground, interrupting the moment of calm. Wait. What? What just, what just happened? Tina! 
What'd you is put this, in my cold brew? Is this part of the script? Yo, this is some crazy CGI, guys. We're, are we are we like abducted, Xander? Like, I know that's kind of your thing, but like, did you bring it into the set? I didn't bring anything. That's I like. Is this some VR shit? I thought that we were just filming a scene, and then the CGI came after. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm gonna sit down on the ground and start feeling the earth. Yeah, as you do so, it it feels like normal earth it feels like you're outside you're running your hand through grass you can see these small little bugs that are in the dirt around you what is going on were we like can i look around for the director yeah as you look around the director doesn't seem to be around you as you look around you see a lot of equipment from the set and even parts of the set lie broken and turned over there's like the fake rocks you were standing on they're like made out of this carved foam and there's like a big chunk of blue screen. Seems like it was torn apart during whatever just occurred. There's like camera and lighting bits around you. They have all fallen apart and laid broken on the ground. Some of the snack table and hors d'oeuvre table is here. So there's like a little bit of food off to the side. And as well as some of your personal stuff around you. And as you're looking, Jet, you see that Kingsley is here. Currently on the ground. Kingsley. He is breathing, but he seems to be unconscious, and his body is limp. He is still dressed in costume, robes, and beard and all, and his staff is by his side on the ground. Kingsley? Kingsley? As you, you know, get over there, shake him, try to get him to to move a little bit. It takes a little bit of effort, and you can see his eyes open. It doesn't seem like he's quite there. What's going on? is everyone okay first off i know kingsley's kind of on the ground but like is everyone else all right yo this camera ain't all right this thing's fucked i feel amazing but confused what's the last thing everyone remembers kingsley's line and swinging the staff around yeah and then that huge noise because i I remember mr director i thought was gonna yell at me because i definitely didn't trigger that noise and there was like a shit ton of wind and like purple, I think. It was a pretty color, but not not really feeling it right now. That's all I remember too. I want to run up to Kingsley and see what's wrong with him. I'm going to be putting him in the uh in the recovery position. He is breathing. He seems like his heart rate is fine. It seems a little bit low if anything. And you can see his breathing is just like very long breaths. And he he seems like when you can rouse him awake enough he seems like he's looking at you. Does he answer back at all when I talk to him? Give me your medicine roll to see if you can put him in the right state of mind and sitting upright and see if you can rouse him enough. That's a 13. With a 13, you are able to sit him up and essentially get his eyes focused on yours to try to get him to focus a little more. And as you're, you're saying, Kingsley, Kingsley, he goes, Jet, Jet. What happened? You can see he's like starts dozing off slowly. Kingsley, I need you to stay awake. You got to stand up, bud. I'm going to need help. I'm going to grab him under one shoulder and I'm going to help stand him up. I'll try to help. Okay, Bluebeard, you're getting on the other side then. Yeah. As you do so, like when he gets standing up enough, you can see that he's able to like plant his feet on the ground. He's not quite able to walk a lot, but you can help him walk. And it's not like you're carrying dead weight. He seems to be at least be able to put his feet on the ground and start moving. Guys, we need to we need to get back to 
LA, the set, I don't, I don't, we just need to find him some help. Can I take out my personal camera and just snap a pic of them all like walking down the road? Yeah. So, uh, Xandra, you had your bag from your alien hunting trip the night before. Put it down by the hors d'oeuvre table as you were over there with the director's assistant. And as you kind of look, you see the hors d'oeuvre table and your bag is still there and your camera's in that bag. Tight. So you go over, you grab your camera and you take a picture of them walking, at least beginning to walk. Can someone call the director? I don't have my phone on me. Sebastian, I have a phone in my back pocket. Go ahead and reach in. Okay. Is he on speed dial? I don't know his number. Bro, do you have service? I don't have any service on my phone. Uh, I'll, I'll check. Let, let me see. I'll try to unlock Jet's phone, which Jet's background is definitely a picture of his mom, right? The main background is like the, the lock screen is my mom. And then when you open it, it's Pebbles and my mom. <laughs> oh, okay. That's all right. Yeah. It's like Pebbles sitting on your mom's lap. Yes. Aww. Yeah. She's got like a little head tilt. Your mom or Pebbles? Both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> As you begin to open it, you can actually unlock this phone. The phone does work, but there is absolutely no service. Jet, I got I got nothing here on this phone, man. I don't I don't know what we need to do or where to go or he, I just know he needs help. I think we should just grab whatever thing. Oh, thank God. Okay, Daisy's still here. Sorry. Um, I think we just need to grab our things and and just go find him help. I don't really know what else we can do. Wait a minute. Did anybody see Pebbles? I don't think so. Here, girl. Pebbles! I don't hear any yapping, bro. I don't think she's here. Jet, as you are searching for Pebbles, give me a perception check. That is going to be an 11. Within 11, you are opening your ears. You are looking around. Beautiful spring day. You're not really hearing anything. You're hearing the wind whistling a little bit. But as you look around, there seem to be a few smoke plumes off to the north. Not like a large like forest fire or anything like that. It seemed like controlled fires off to the north, which is one of the directions that this path leads. So I, I, I see the smoke off off in the distance. Is Blueberry still helping me with Kingsley? Yeah. Yeah. Kingsley's Kingsley's uh, draping down. You can see his beard's getting in his face a little bit. The, the wizard hat's on and the staff is still on the ground. I'm going to look to Blueberry and just kind of like have a face of kind of like what is going on. And just say, we need help. Where can we? We don't even know where we are. Our phones aren't working. Where? I, I, I don't know. My phone always has service. My dog always comes when I call her. I don't think we are where we used to be. As you all are assessing your wounds, assessing what's going on, you hear... A wheel turning. Sounds like it's turning around a squeaky axle and some chatting coming from down the southern path. As you turn to look over, you see there are two men and a woman walking towards you, all pushing wheelbarrows full of hay. They're all wearing these grass-stained pants and these dark leather muddy boots, and they have these baskets strapped to their backs, similar like backpacks, and they're filled with corn husks and one of them seems to be filled with like a radish like root vegetable and they start coming up on you and you can see their their path is blocked on this path because of all the set and all of the 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 fake rocks and all this stuff 
And the one says, the hell are you blocking the road for? Oh, up there. excuse me, sir, can you, we, we need help. Our, our friend's unconscious and he's not, he's not responding to anything and we don't really know where we are and we just need help. What do you mean you don't know where you are? Where are we? For, first we were in this building and then there was wind and now we're just on this freaking dirt road and I'm freaking out and I don't know what's going on. Of, co- of course there's wind, you're outside. No, the wind was inside. We need help. Yo, yo, Sebastian, settle down, settle down. Are we in England? What's England? I mean, where are you from? Your accent is like British, right? I mean, down the road is a farm. Where are we? Yo, I don't want to pussyfoot around this. Did we get abducted? Wait, where did you come from? Get get the... Why are you blocking our road? We're trying to get to town. Are are we still in L.A.? L.A.? L.A., Los Angeles. I don't know what that is. What? Are you like Amish or something? Oh, I heard the Amish were starting to come to L.A. What's what's Amish? Um, Amish. Amish. I, you know, all right. Like listen, you don't use internet and stuff? I don't know what you crazy cats are talking about. I don't know what all your machines, what are these? <gasps> he is Amish. It all makes sense now. We, we just need you to move. Yeah, we'll, we'll move things. Uh, tell us where you're going first, though, right? That's That seems like a fair trade. To the market? What market? Like a flea market down the road? Okay, okay. What country are we in? Country. Yeah. The land. Country. What? What is that? N- nation? Listen, listen. I'm done here. We're trying to get by. What is wrong with what's, all of you? What's in his way in the road? The fake rocks, the the lighting and stuff is like on the ground around you and it's like blocking the road completely. Are the rocks heavy or could like any of us lift them? I mean, they're carved foam. Like you just need to push them out the way. If you took like a minute, you could like make a path for them. They only have wheelbarrows. It's not like a big cart or anything. So they just need enough room to get around. Jet, Jet, can you take care of these rocks? Can you get Kingsley for me? Yeah. All right, all right. I'm, I'm going to hand off the rest of Kingsley's weight to her. You can see that Kingsley's a little bit more roused now. He looks like he's been able to keep his eyes open. He hasn't been speaking a lot. He's still breathing very heavily. He still is, like, using Blueberry kind of as a crutch. But you can see he's, like, looking towards these people and, like, able to look around. Okay. I, in my place, I'm going to put his uh, staff that he was having, so it's another crutch. Oh, cool. So he, yeah, he, he he grabs that and you can see he's using it like a walking stick. Awesome. I like that. Jet, inspiration for that. Love oh, that. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, Mr. Mister Market Man, if we can get this stuff out of the way, can you please help us? The, our friend here really could use a doctor or a hospital or anything. Yeah, yeah. See Joyce. Who's Joyce? Joyce. She said, uh, follow the road, find aid for all. Oh my God, guys, I think we're in Pokemon. Is it, we have to go see Nurse Joy? <laughs> what? No, Nurse Joyce. Oh. Okay, just kidding. Jet, are you moving the rocks yet? Yeah. So I'm going to go over, and before I pick up the rock, I'm just going to say, can you just tell us which direction the market is? Right there. And you can see, like, points north, uh, where you saw these smoke plumes coming. Where we're going. Hey, yo, fire's in California. That's kind of a dangerous thing. What is California? Oh, my God. All right. I am done here. I need you to move so we can get on our way. All right? I'm going to do a insight check for this dude real quick. I need you to move right now. 
or I'm going to take your friend there with the beard and turn him in. Turn him into who? Why would you turn us in? We're not even from here. Where are you from? How did you get here? I told like you. Like a tornado or something. Jet, just move the rocks. I'm going to pick up the rocks and throw them to the side. Uh, Yeah, you take a second to pick up the rocks. You can see that this one man is talking to the other man and the woman kind of in hushed tones. And as he grabs his wheelbarrow, he says, we can take you to aid for all. And then we can take you to the mayor and he can help you find out where you're going. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. You just just lead the way. And then I don't know if you have room in one of your wheelbarrows for for our friend here, but he can't really walk too, too well. And we don't really know his injuries yet. So I don't know if you have room. I'll carry some of your corn. It's it's hay in the wheelbarrow. So it's like it would be hard to move. Uh, And you can see Kingsley says, no, Sebastian, I'm okay. And you can see he's using the the walking stick to kind of move a little bit along with Blueberry's help. All right. As long as you're okay, then I think we're we're good. You just, you guys feel free to lead the way. I think part of my costume that I had, I had some like components pouches with like real herbs in them. So I want to like take some of those and try to just like rub some on Kingsley's forehead just to like soothe him and try to make him feel better. Are you trying to use a spell of some sort to do that or? Yeah, cure wounds. Awesome. Blueberry, as you take these components out, you start to feel a connection with them. You can see that they almost look to be glowing different colors. You don't know if anyone else can really see, but you start to feel like you know what each of these do. And you take a sprig of something and you're able to like chop it in half and pull the seeds out of it. And you take that and wrap it in a leaf of something else, and it almost makes a small, like, pill that you're able to pop in Kingsley's mouth. And we're going to flavor that as Cure Wounds. Oh. And you feel like you, you, you are convinced that you know what you're doing. Huh. So roll Cure Wounds, HP, for me. This'll... this'll help. Are you... are you sure? 10 HP. Nice. Oh, wow. Very well. Hell yeah. You can see that he immediately stands up a little better. Oh, that had something in it. I hope that wasn't an illegal substance, young one. No, no. Okay. Oh, come on. You know Blueberry. She's all about that vegan stuff. That was probably the healthiest thing you've eaten all week. We all know your diet, Kingsley. uh, Stop, Sebastian. I don't want to think about my diet right now. But he's able to walk a little bit easier. Um, he's got a limp, but and he he still seems to be relying on you a little bit, um, Blueberry. But he looks like he'd be able to walk on his own if need be. These farmers begin to walk past you with the wheelbarrows full of hay and their baskets. And he just says, follow us. Okay, thank you again. We appreciate all your help. I'm sorry we were in the way. He doesn't seem to say anything. He just kind of nods and continues down. And you're hearing like a little bit of that squeaky wheel. And you begin following the path northward toward where you saw the smoke. Before we get to any sort of like civilization i want to like try to look a little more normal so they're not as weirded out when we meet the mayor so i want to like take off my wig and ears so blueberry you go and you start grabbing at your wig and you like start pulling and it doesn't seem to be moving at all Ah, man she did a good job today on that wig that shit almost looks real yeah it feels like you're pulling your own hair out ah jesus 
What is? What did she put in that? I don't know. It's like it's glued to my actual roots. I'm going to check her hair to see if it's actually glued in. Yeah, you start like lifting up the back of the braids and you are expecting to see like the beautiful blonde that Blueberry Sky is known for. And it's not there. It almost looks like her hair had just been recently dyed, except there's no roots whatsoever. Her hair is now this pastel teal. Blueberry. And as you're looking, Jet, you see that her ears are long and they have these sharp points to them. And it doesn't look fake like it usually does. Blueberry, does this hurt? Ow! (laughs) Yeah. You didn't dye your hair recently. No. I mean, well, I got highlights like two weeks ago, but not like dye dyed. I don't know how to tell you this, but I think your hair color changed. What? What? Like, it's her real hair now? This goes all the way to your roots. I want to start, like, tugging, like, little individual pieces. Try to, like, pluck, like, one hair out. Yeah, you're able to do so. It it hurts just like you would normally do a plucked hair, and then you see that teal. What? What the hell? What the hell? What the hell? What? Well, it's, it's okay. Every I mean, everyone has crazy color hair nowadays, you know? Yo, oh. if it makes you feel any better, it looks pretty um, fly. Yeah. Uh, Got Guys. You can see Kingsley's over there, and he's tugging uh, on his long gray wizard beard. Kingsley, you have a beard. Um, um, this seems real as well. Oh God, oh God, Jet, you you didn't have any makeup or anything, right? Like you're you're still good. All natural. Oh God. Uh, okay, we just need to get to town. I'm like and- feeling my ears now and trying to figure that out. Oh, it feels it feels almost good. It feels like you're almost massaging like the tips of your ears. What? 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 These are my ears, you guys. These are my ears. These are my ears. These are my freaking ears. I mean, to to be fair, it, it suits you. What? I'm going to look like a freak when we meet the mayor? It'll, it'll be okay. I mean, uh, you can always just, uh, I don't know. They, you, they did give you some pretty long ears. I don't They're know if your hair so can hide long. it. They might peek out from your hair. I'm going to try to, like, tuck them behind my hair as much as I can. Yeah, you're able to do that. You got a, you got a long ton of braids there, so. As everybody's checking themselves over, Jet's going to, like, try to reach for his neck and feel for uh, anything across his neck. Your necklace is still there. I would like to look at the camera that shattered on the ground and see if I can find, like, any of the lenses or, like, the components inside. Yeah, give me an investigation check, and I'm going to do a luck check to see what got destroyed. Uh, We got a 16. Okay, with a 16, you're able to get right in there and take apart, like, the stuff that's obviously broken throw it away and you're actually able to find a couple of these camera parts that seem intact and seem like you might be able to use them with your camera as well you would be able to interchange some of the parts nice well homies i think we should probably head with this fam um we got a i don't know it looks like we got a walk ahead of us i guess we should probably get going does everyone have their things that were on the ground let's take a quick look around everything else around you Seems to be like lighting stuff. Sebastian, you like had that boom in your hand. You could still take the boom if you would like. There is those hors d'oeuvres and food over on the side. Oh, dibs. Alexander's <laughs> uh, already over there, of course, uh, as he grabs his bag that has like some of his stuff in it. I want to grab as much food as I can carry that carries well. None of the stuff that like you can't stow away. 
no, you don't want like I'm trying to think of what would be terrible. Like there's like a a plate of lasagna or something. <laughs> I I am indiscriminate with what I grab. Just handful of lasagna. Like a lasagna has hors d'oeuvre. Just Xander has like just pockets full of mushy lasagna. Oh my god, <laughs> gross! I hate it. Xander, this is looking real picturesque again. As the they start heading in front of you, you're you're kind of following up the rear. Yo, this is looking real picturesque, and I'm thinking I need to take some photos. I'm gonna document all this, and and I'm I'm gonna win a Pulitzer, 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 Pulitzer. Pulitzer. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna win a prize. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and give me performance. I got a two. Ooh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> You're getting ready to take a picture. And you're you're able to snap a picture. Great, we, we did it. <laughs> Is it a digital camera or a film camera? Is it Polaroid or? It's a digital camera. What about battery life? Uh, he's got six thousand batteries in his backpack. <laughs> <laughs> he does have to be prepared for all of his like you know late night alien abduction. Exactly. Hunts. So like it would make sense that he has so many the, batteries. Uh, <laughs> Always stay prepared. The director has said it. So put that in, you know, it's canon. Uh, um, <laughs> he has 6,000 batteries on him. Xander gets here and he's already over encumbrance. Yeah. <laughs> so you take your picture of these people ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You take a little second to look at it. And with a two performance, it's not a great picture. The way you're looking at it, the sun is in your eyes, and it seems like you were more focused on the background than the foreground, and you got the focus just a little bit wrong, and it's actually more focused on like the smoke that's ahead of you. And you swear you can read a word in that smoke. And it says, Namora. Oh, hey, yo, Sebastian, can you take a look at this real quick? Do you see this? Oh, you take a picture, Xander? Yeah, well, I gotta, I gotta win the Pulitzer. And, yeah, and, uh, didn't you almost win last year anyway? Yeah, I got swiped out because fucking Dan Aykroyd said I was taking <laughs> bullshit pics. What does he know? He doesn't know shit about pictures. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, get out of here, Dan. But uh, but yeah, what what you, what, are you, see, what are you shooting now? You see anything in this photo? It's like is that like a word? Like what's there's nothing in the sky, right? I don't think so. It looks like Sebastian. It, you see smoke. There's no word there. No, in like in this, I don't know if I'm just not looking hard enough, but I'm I don't really see anything, dude. I'm sorry. Mm. It's a good picture, though. You should definitely still submit this. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, I know this is a picture that's shitty. So, but thanks, I appreciate it. You think I didn't go to school for this or some shit? <laughs> so you guys continue following down the path northward toward the smoke. You are on a dirt path that is surrounded by these large oak trees, and they're covered in these newly grown spring leaves. The path itself has seen better days and is somewhat overgrown, with weeds and bushes slowly creeping into the center. I want to just run my hand across the trees as we walk by them. Yeah, as you do it, it if you just feel like this is right. You know, like if you were just if you were just doing it before. You'd just be like, you know, cool, nature's nice. I like this. Yeah, I love the world. This just feels like you're connected with something. It feels like a better part of you when you do that. I see some, like, little white flower buds, like, climbing up a tree, and I want to just, like, pull them towards me. Are you trying to pull one out? Like, open it up. Is this druidcraft? 
Yeah. You start looking at these buds and you just start thinking real hard. You can you can almost feel like this power that emanates through your legs into the ground, up this tree, and then on to this vine that has these flowers coming out of it. And you're able to just see one open up. <laughs> like you just gave it life. Guys, guys, look, 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 look. As she's doing it, there's just one after another are opening up. So you can see it real time. It's like with each little like flick of my hand, another one like opens with it. Perfectly timed. Blueberry, how how are you doing that? I don't know. I'm just feeling it through the ground. It's so pretty. Oh, my God. This is the coolest thing I've ever done. Jet, you're still helping Kingsley along, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you guys are up ahead. You you are right behind the three wheelbarrow dudes. Not not quite behind them because they're they're pretty far ahead. But you're you're ahead of the pack. And as you're moving through, you can see that like this path is not used that regularly. It only has a few of these small wheel tracks from these wheelbarrows. These are the only people who use this road. Quickly, you begin to see buildings ahead of you. They are completely made of wood, and they have like a roof of hay and straw. And the path slowly turns to a set of stone bricks, and they're laid out in front of the buildings. On either side of the path, there are these two tall posts with a sign hanging between them, hanging over the road. It says, Wooded Holly. Oh, wait. Wait, like Hollywood? Like Wooded Holly. Oh my fucking god. I didn't oh even pick up on that. The director here is a big fan of puns at all hours of the day. Uh, how so. did you pick up on that so fast? <laughs> what in the hell? I grew up with this kid. Like, trust me. Honestly, I just I wanna see I wanna take a look at the spell uh, that uh, Kingsley said because I yeah. feel like there has to be something in that. <laughs> You see that these guys are still continuing on. The, the path branches off into these left and right. And the three guys ahead of you turn to the right. You can see that the market is actually to the left. As you walk through this village, it seems to feel to you guys sort of like a renaissance fair. People seem to be wearing like handmade clothing that covers much of their bodies. And they're mostly in like dull browns and tans. As you're walking around, there's like a large building off to the right of the main path, and it's two-story tall. As you move forward, you see that this stone brick all along the floor, in front of the entrance of all of these buildings, you can see a large brick, and it denotes whatever is behind it. So this says the hills in. So it's a large like brick on the ground that shows what's in front of it. And as you keep going, you see like different things. You can see chloe's tailor shop and there's just one that says smithy and then eventually a little bit further down the road you keep following you can see that these people have parked their wheelbarrows one of the guys the guys who's been speaking to you a little bit is kind of sitting there waiting for you and he is in front of a building that says aid for all guys are we in like a like a town like specifically for those larper people right that's what i'm or, thinking or is this like no this is amish isn't it isn't that what they said they were yeah but like people are carrying around some some interesting things yeah when people larp they're basically like temporarily amish oh uh, yeah i guess you're kind of right and these these buildings are kind of amishy looking i was gonna say like i haven't seen an amish in a hot minute so like i don't know if their culture changed or 
Yeah, like swords, are they okay? That that place is making yeah, swords. Like that's why I was kinda leaning more towards the, the Renaissance y thing, but I mean maybe maybe the Amish are just, you know, trying to equip themselves. <laughs> I don't know. The Amish got an update. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> While you guys are looking around, trying to figure out like where you are, give me a perception check. Okay. Nineteen. Uh, Ten. Twelve. Eight. Xander and Sebastian, you're like talking about this. You're like, okay, this is Amish. No, this is Lark. No, this is Amish. So you're not paying super big attention. You're seeing these different people around. Jet, however, you are focused on getting Kingsley to this aid, but you're looking around. You're used to like looking for danger because like you've been trained in martial arts and stuff like that for different movies. Like you're used to like looking, keeping your eyes out. And as you walk around, you can see that there seems to be a recurring theme. A lot of these local townspeople, you know, they're dressed in a bunch of different stuff. But there's a set of people who are all wearing the same thing. They all seem to be holding short swords at their side. And they have dark brown leather. Like, it goes over the shoulders, down to the waist. And at the waist, it kind of turns into, like, almost like a skirt that goes, like, front and back. I don't know what that's called, but that's what it looks like. And all of them have this patch on their chest. It seems to be the symbol of an eye atop of its upper lid it looks like there is a flame like it is on fire and then as you're looking around you can also see posters all over the place it just says beware and it is a symbol of a maple tree and it has red sap coming from it it looks like blood coming out of the tree the last thing you see is a very short dwarven man he's wearing these the the black with the patch and the short sword but like you've never seen a person like this they are extremely short extremely stout you can see he's talking really loud he's got like this deep voice so he's talking kind of towards the next person next to him and they're just like kind of chatting as they go towards the market something that doesn't seem right how close is everybody to me you guys are all basically outside this aid for all building. You can see the, the one farmer is heading up the, the two stairs that go up to the building and starting to open the door and like trying to like get your attention at this point to like kind of head you guys in. I'm going to turn to everybody and just say a little bit quieter. Guys, guys, let's go inside real quick. Inside where? The gentleman that's showing us to Nurse Joyce. Yeah, we should. We okay. Should. We're, we're going inside him? Oh, God, no. <laughs> God. Well, I think he, I think he meant inside the house, but I don't know. That guy, uh, he must be really good at, at cosplay. I don't know how he got that small. Small people exist. Well, yeah, but I, I don't know what's happening. E- either way, I don't I don't like the looks of it out here. There's something strange. I really think that we should get inside. Let's talk to somebody. Let's get our bearings straight. What's got you worried outside? Let's talk about it inside. Okay. All right, after you. I'm going to lead them all in. I'd like to take a picture of the fellas in the dark brown. Yeah, go ahead. The two that you had just previously seen had walked by, but you see another two seem to be coming towards you. They all seem to be going towards the market, um, and you're able to snap a quick picture. I'm not going to have you do a performance roll every time you're taking a picture unless you want to attempt to take a beautiful picture, okay? Word. So you just tell me when you're trying to do that, and we'll, we'll have you do that. So now you just have like a normal picture of these two dudes. Perfecto. So as you guys go in, Aid for All is what this place is called. It is a decent sized building, again, made of these wooden walls, a hay lined roof. 
few windows dot the outside. It's a one-story building. The door is open now that this man has opened it up for you. And as you enter, you see a few small cots that have these curtains that are drawn back, showing empty areas like for treatment. One of these, however, it has a man lying on it in the same brown leather that you have seen before, the same dark leather that Xander just took a picture of, those guys. His leg is up and wrapped up in these bloody bandages, and there is a tusk of some sort covered in blood on the table next to him. And this farmer begins talking and says, Hey, Joyce, uh, these people need your help. You see, Joyce is a large, dark-skinned woman. She rushes over and says, Yes, hello. Um, what can I assist you? Oh my gosh, are you okay? Uh, and she like starts to grab Kingsley and, uh, and like starts ushering you guys over to a cot. Yeah, we we don't really know what happened or how we got here. We just when we when we came to, he was also unconscious, and it looks like he's gotten beat up a little bit. So we were just hoping someone could possibly help him. I'm uh, fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Yeah, you're looking way better than that guy over there, I'll tell you what. Oh, got him. And <laughs> you hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm just, I'm trying to make him feel better. I'm just trying to make him feel better. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you get some rest now, okay? Joyce has Kingsley, like, lay down. What what happened to him? I need, I need to know so I can help. Like, I don't see any wounds. You can see she's, like, starting to, like, remove his robes and stuff like that just to, like, try to get to, like, his chest area and he reveals a bare chest um, and it doesn't seem like he's got anything wrong. What, what happened? Uh, well, well, first we were, first we were inside and then we were outside and then he didn't have a beard, but now he has a beard and he was unconscious, but now he's awake. I know this isn't helping, but he's just not right. He was, honestly, ma'am, we don't know. He was just swinging a staff around and and reading his his lines for the movie and then we were all sucked up in like a tornado of purple and swirling and then we were brought out of Hollywood to here and we don't really know where we are and then he got all beat up and now he's just out of it okay listen young let's let's feel free to have a seat and she like gestures like there's a few cots like there's no chairs in here but there's enough cots for people to sit down she's got like a rag of water and she's starting to clean him off a little bit and you can see that she is also looking for these herbs and stuff and blueberries you're looking you're like start to recognize a lot of these and you can like kind of feel a connection with them the ones she's choosing to use it this takes a little while she like grounds it up into a powder and puts it in some fresh water and it begins to help him like drink it. And this takes a little while. The farmer is still here with you. After a minute, you hear boots on the stairs coming into aid for all. When we hear the boots, I'm going to kind of direct myself more towards the door with my shield in my hand. You see a man walk in. He's middle-aged with a nice leather vest, less of a protective gear and more of a fancy gear. It's got the same eye patch with the flaming eyelid on it. He's wearing a bucket hat, and he's got this mid-length hair, and he's exposing his like rather large, sharp nose. Behind him, you can see a few other of these town guard types in this brown leather walk in. One of them does stick out to you. He is another small, stocky man with a large beard. This dwarven man, something you guys have just seen for the first time. 
he walks in and leans himself up against the wall. You can see that the two other farmers who had been waiting outside by the wheelbarrows are behind them. I'm going to whisper to Sebastian, this is what I was worried about. I mean, oh, these guys just look like, I don't know, they're all fancy and matchy and I don't know, maybe they're like the guards of the LARP town, you know? Well, now. I, I'm going to approach them and greet them. Well, hello. Yo, what's uh, what's good, man? Uh, yo, I, I just want to give you a quick compliment. That that drip you got right there, that the brown leather with the red, ooh, it's looking nice. <laughs> Xander, what? Xander, Xander, what is... What what kind of uh, streetwear logo is that? I don't I don't recognize that one. It doesn't look like anything I know. It reminds me of like the Aya Sauron or something, but it's it's pretty cool. I I agree. What's going on, guys? Like you we you can tell we are big fans. Obviously, we just met. How can we help you? Well, now you see the name's Alabaster. I'm the mayor of this here town, and I'm heard some things about you. Had some friends come into my place. Just a quick question, uh. Where'd you get your attire? And he's looking at you, Xander. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I I gotta be honest, I did cop this one from Goodwill. It was it was it was a steal. Like, how could I pass it up? Uh I got the shoes online, had to had to hit up the secondhand market because like just buying these brand new is expensive for one, but also they just sell out instantly. Um the jeans that's you know that's a that's a trade secret you know i'm not trying to tell everybody where i found my gucci jeans some say some saying i'm i'm faking it but i promise you you know i can assure you that these these are legit but like truthfully like the internet is a glorious place internet secondhand shops you know everywhere down don't forget to tell them about your watch sander oh shit yeah you check check out the ice it's uh this is a 100% promise it's real Rolex. Sure. Uh-huh. I definitely <laughs> did not get it off the street when I visited New York City, but it looks nice, don't it? He starts looking around and he's looking at you. I heard you come from a different area. I mean, yeah, I come from Michigan. It's just pretty different from here. I don't know if I'm looking to go back just yet, though. I We, we still got to finish up the movie we're shooting. You can see... He pulls out a small box. It's about four inches in like a cube. You can see he opens the top of it and it's got a small orb inside. I'm going to whisper to Chet. See, I think they're just here for like the after party. They must have got you like a, a congratulations for finishing the movie gift. That's got to be for like one of us, right? Sebastian. Do you even remember finishing the movie? I mean, well, like technically we did. Maybe this whole thing was like a setup and and the director was just trying to pull a big huge surprise party. And now we're in LARP town because like I mean, that's kind of like what our movie was about, you know? As you guys are talking, he grabs this orb out of the cube. Pretty small, about the size of maybe a ping pong ball, maybe a little bit bigger than that. And you can see it's completely clear until his hand gets around it. And as it does, it fills with black smoke. And all of a sudden, these white dots of different sizes appear wow. all the way around, almost almost looking like, like the night sky. What? Different dots of different sizes, all white. And as he holds it, they immediately form an arrow that points directly towards Kingsley. Well, now, 
if we're going to get you home, you're going to need a nice place to sleep for the night. And he looks at his dwarven compatriot, gives a nod. His dwarven compatriot lifts his hand. I need all of your max HP. Oh, God. Uh, Nine. Ten. Ten. Eleven. I'm going to roll some dice for a second. No. What? Already? (laughs) Hey, I'm an elf. I can't be put to sleep. I know. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay. I take it that means we're not going to sleep. (laughs) Wait. Elves can't go to sleep? Nope. They don't technically need to, They can't be magically put to sleep. Can they do it by choice? They trance instead. Fascinating. Yo, that's sick. That's, dude, (laughs) that's dope. (laughs) <laughs> they put themselves into a trance? I wish I could have that in real life. I've been up for like three days straight. <laughs> yeah, it only takes four hours instead of eight hours. Yeah. I, I love elves now. <laughs> I thought I liked them. I love them now. <laughs> Everyone, you start to get a little bit drowsy. Sebastian, you're the first to fall. Oh, guys, this is... I, I think I just need to lay down no, real quick. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. At least get stood in the bed. What are you doing? And then Xander. Ooh. Oh, damn. I don't... I'm, I'm just going to take a, take a minute. And then Jet. Uh, why, why is everyone falling? What is happening? Joyce looks at you with these scared eyes for you. And she just nods and says, You'll be okay. What? It's okay. Blueberry, you feel like this man tried something on you. And you can see these other men walk up to you. And they begin to try to grab you away from Kingsley. And just say, just stand over here, ma'am. I'm gonna pretend to fall asleep okay i like that give me either performance or deception oh dear okay 11 oh oh i'm why are we so sleepy oh gosh as you do so you can see that this man who was kind of saying like oh yeah let's just step over here man you can see he grabs you you go limp in his arms and he kind of just picks you up and puts you on one of the nearby cots is kingsley asleep he is not, but he is not feeling so great. Around you, you can hear what's happening. Yeah, I want to, I wanna like, like squint. Around you is Nurse Joyce. You can see that she is, like, pleading with Alabaster. Please, please, like, he needs help. You can't just take him away. Let me assist him, and then you can take him away. Well, now, you should know better. He's fine. I already saw him. You gave him a little herbs. He's fine. We'll take good care of him. He looks to Kingsley, kind of grabs his neck, pulls him a little close, says, You should know better. That type of magic ain't allowed in these parts. The magistrate will pay handsomely for you. And for today, that's a wrap. Oh, shit. Come on, man. How you can do us dirty like that? That intense. What? Thank you all so much for listening to the very first episode of Cast Party. Do you want a shout out from the cast and crew? 
If you drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts with the name of your favorite character, they'll give you a custom shout-out at the end of the next episode. Stay tuned next week for an episode of Behind the Scenes, where we gather around and chat about the story, the characters, and everything in between. Behind the scenes and our extra D&D shenanigans in The After Party are normally Patreon exclusives, but all Patreon bonus content will be free for our first month, so you guys can get a taste for what's in store for the future. We appreciate you all so much, and we will see you next week. Bye! Bye! Bye. Bye. Thank you for dropping into the cast party. You can become a part of the cast and crew by joining us at patreon.com slash cast party. Special thanks to all of our patrons and those of you who have left us awesome five-star reviews and shared us with your friends and family. Cast Party is a brand new podcast and every single review helps us immensely. And we truly appreciate the support of our cast and crew. From here forward, we'll be holding a merch giveaway at the end of each episode. So, do you want a free Cast Party merch item for yourself? Become part of the cast and crew at patreon.com slash castparty at any level. And you just might be next episode's lucky winner. Catch all of our shenanigans on Twitter and Instagram at castpartydnd, and hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash castpartydndpodcast. Thanks again, cast and crew, for listening, sharing, downloading, and subscribing. And we'll see you on the next episode of Cast Party.